you really, really need to trust your gut. Human nature is everything. It's like your first date. Everyone's on their best behavior. But when there's smoke, there's fire. If you feel something in your intuition, it's not right. Jillian Lorenz and Ariana Chernin are the co-founders of The Barcode, which is now the largest women-owned boutique fitness brand in the world. They co-founded the business in 2010 when Jillian and Ariana recognized the need for change in the fitness industry, and they successfully sold their business in 2023 and are continuing their partnership through their new venture, Inner Light Events. Get ready to hear about their biggest business secrets, building, scaling, and selling their business. Coming up, what they wish they knew about building a franchise business. You'll hear all of their learning lessons from the acquisition process and what surprised them the most. You'll hear how their partnership goes beyond their business. And finally, their advice for navigating the entrepreneurista journey. This is the Entrepreneurista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done. And what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram. With no filters. No limits. And plenty of surprises. Jillian and Ariana, I am so thrilled to finally sit down with the two of you and have this conversation. I know we have chatted offline before recording this podcast several times, and you have so much advice and so many learning lessons to share from your experience building your business, the barcode. But I want to know, did you both always know that you ultimately wanted to have your own business one day when you were growing up? Jillian, I'll start with you. I didn't. I, you know, grew up in a family where education was first. And my dad always said that education first and do what you love. And so I, in my mind, had compartmentalized career as work and passion as play. It wasn't until in my 20s where I realized, hey, I could really make money, build a career, be successful, be the leader I always wanted to be, and join the two together. How about you, Ariana? I didn't know I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I knew that I always had this freak flag inside of me and I just didn't like people telling me what to do. And I just marched to my own kind of tune. And my parents always tell the story. It's so funny that I was five years old and I would create these lemonade stands on the corner of my block and just hustle the neighborhood kids together and make money. And it's funny, this one summer, I wanted to, this bathing suit. It was a sparkly pink bathing suit. It was $60 for a five-year-old. And I made a hundred bucks that summer. And I was making these like bespoke potions and selling them. And so I just had that kind of drive and hustle in me. And just, I was always doing something and I never could hold the job, like a nine to five job, because I'd always get fired for doing something the wrong way. So I think yes, but I didn't know what. Totally. No, it, I, I feel the same. Like I was starting on the lemonade stands and basically selling absolutely anything and everything, pugs and beanie babies, like everything that was trending, Girl Scout cookies. And I feel like we just like have it in us. And then you don't realize, like you said, like until years later that, oh yeah, I was an entrepreneur from, from the time that I was younger. How did the two of you meet? Kind of a crazy story. It's, it's almost a rom-com 
we didn't really know each other. Our husbands, our boyfriends at the time knew each other loosely. And we had, I had a New Year's Eve party. I happened to be sitting next to Jillian, who maybe I had met once. And we had these cheesy questions on the table. It was like, what are your goals for 2010? Because this was December 31st, 2009. Can't believe it's that long ago. And Jillian said she wanted to start a fitness business. And at the time I was going through some things in my life and I turned to her and I was like, that sounds interesting. Can I do it with you? And then we both just instantly had this connection. We hit it off. And that's where a lot of people, they talk, but then nothing really happens, right? When you're at a party, you're drinking. The next day I called her and I said, Jillian, like I'm coming over. She's like, okay, like, when do you want to come over? I said, right now. I'm bringing my yoga mat. I came over January 1st, 2010, and the barcode was born that day. We sat down, made our mission and vision, and it didn't change until, you know, 15 years when when we sold it. I love that story. Jillian, tell me about the early days of starting to build the barcode. Like, take me back to those first few months trying to figure out how to start something from a piece of paper. Well, the why for me uh, was really personal. So, I grew up with the passion for dance and movement, and that's all I wanted to do. And then my family was, no, you know, get your education first, then fall in love with what you can do. But at that at that time, you just needed to make money. So I, w- I uh, was a consultant. I worked at Accenture post-college and um, was there for about 10 years doing business consulting. And during that time, I was recovering from an eating disorder that I had in college, and I, I, I like to say I caught it. I was the president of my sorority and, and caught some terrible disease. And I was trying to recover. And all I kept going back to was my passion, which was movement and music. I had saw this need for changing the way that women felt about their bodies and what fitness meant to them. And so then when Ari and I sat down that first day, we really nailed out that mission and vision because that was the core, the heart beat of the barcode. It is the why we were doing it. And it was for the mission, which is to be a best in class fitness program, to provide personal growth and self-acceptance and to do so in an empowering environment. And we really wanted to reinvent the way that people talked about their bodies, women, where it was uh, gaining strength and confidence for the skin you're in and not about losing weight, inches or size. So we nailed that, but then we didn't know the rest. The rest was like a crazy wild rodeo show of us just trying to figure everything out. Like the first location was in the basement of a building in River North. And we basically built the way that the studio would look like on a napkin and like worked with the landlord to get this filled and, and fixed and fit. And our, our boyfriends were the landlords and hung the drapes and painted the, painted the space. So the first couple of months was just like a rodeo show of all kinds of things that we were just trying. And we were just hustling, working from five in the morning to midnight, you know, single ladies on the street. Ari was, we're always passing out flyers and just trying things. So it wasn't planned. The only thing that was planned was the core culture and heart of the barcode. Everything else was like, I wish we had EOS at that time. I think EOS was born, (laughs) but we didn't have any of that. I would say for our listeners that don't know what EOS is, can you actually share a bit about what EOS is and why you wish you had it in the early days? Yeah, it's um, entrepreneurial operating systems, and it really outlines all of the tools. Basically, what Ari and I did for the 14 years, it packages up all the learning lessons, all the scars that we have, 
systematically and packages it up for entrepreneurs to help them get on track, stay on track and navigate the uncharted road as as efficiently as possible. Ari, did you want to add anything to Jillian's story? I think just that we did everything when we first started and it's everybody who's listening to this could be in that boat too, that you could be the plumber. I literally remember pulling tampons out of toilets, scrubbing the toilets, learning to use a drill, pretending I was a lawyer. I mean, it was really, really wild and extremely challenging, but like we said, it was a learning process and we had some low of lows and some high of highs and you just learn the skills because you have to. No, absolutely. Tell me about the process of starting to grow and scale the business from one location to multiple locations and what were, you know, the hard times and your learning lessons from being in that type of business? When we first opened our studio, it was six months after that January 1st date. And once we got going, it just kind of went like wildfire. You know, people were really attracted to it. And so growth was available. And for us, it was just figuring out what steps to take next to continue the growth. And I think that was the most challenging part in the beginning was what's next. And we stepped into franchising because we had so many clients that were moving, you know, taking different opportunities in their own life. And they're like, I can't leave Chicago because I cannot leave the barcode. It's my family. It's my home. And so we're like, we're in this personal development business and we want you to take chances in your life. And here we are, you know, we're holding them back. And so we came up, we heard the model franchising. We had never heard the word. And of course, that was, we thought it was perfectly aligned to our mission of supporting women, giving them a box, an opportunity to take, to take an entrepreneurial leap in a, a community that they belong to in a different location. And it just worked. So that's how we, we charted forward. So I know the franchise world is a whole separate beast, right? Because you are, like you said, giving another essentially entrepreneur the opportunity to run this business that you started. How did you both learn the world of franchising to then build your business model around the franchise world, Ariana? Oh my gosh. If we would have known what we would have known now. You know, we're the kind of people where we started our business with $20,000. So I just want everybody who's listening to this podcast to know that now we're the largest boutique fitness that's independently owned by women in the world with the with this acquisition. But we didn't raise money when we started. We started with $20,000. We didn't know what franchising was. So we just had the pure heart and the hustle. And as Jill touched on, what we knew we had, our secret sauce was community and what we brought to the table. We had energy that was infectious and people loved our classes. We had weightless out the door and we hired people who wanted to hang around at the studio. That's where we really excelled. Where we didn't excel was kind of at first the operations and all of the technical side of things that need to come with franchising. And you know, one of the biggest learning lessons I think for us was that we grew really fast and we were defining success as all the accomplishments we're getting. Cause I think entrepreneurs do that. Like, oh, I get this award or, you know, we got voted best in self magazine for our bra class. We wanted to open up as many locations as fast as possible. But if we would have just really honed in on getting our studios is the most amount of sales we could and then brought on a development team because we did it all internally. We did it all in-house, which was expensive because in the beginning we were kind of rolling in cash. We were really successful. So we were throwing checks out and we were spending a lot of money. We were hiring a ton of people. I think at one time we had 12 full-time people 
in the franchising space. And, you know, if we would have just focused on, let's get our studios amazing. There's a lot of people actually that specialize in franchising. So if anybody who's listening to this is interested in scaling your business, if you just focus on what you do and hire a team that can help sell and scale and do the franchising model, which is to operationalize it, your life's going to be a lot easier. (laughs) Such a great tip. Jillian, is there anything that you know now that you wish you knew when you first started franchising that you would share with entrepreneurs who are thinking about going about the franchise model? That when you're a franchisor, replicating your drive and your heart and your hustle is not easy. So you have to really be careful about who comes into the network and who you're bringing on as owners. And in the early days, we just said yes to people that we loved and that had that were good people, but maybe weren't set up for success from a business standpoint. The other thing is growing corporately and growing a franchise business. They're two separate businesses. So really understanding that it is like running two companies, two separate companies. Although they share a lot of the same tools, it's like double the work. How many franchise businesses did you end up with? And how many owned locations did you have? The owned locations we had at our high point was six. So we were really growing, growing the corporate business alongside the franchising business. Wow, that's amazing. So you just mentioned, Jillian, you brought on some franchise owners who maybe weren't the best fit. What type of questions should founders be asking these potential franchise owners to kind of screen to see if they are the right fit to run the businesses? When there's smoke, there's fire. I would say that like a thousand percent. And it doesn't even matter for franchising. If you feel something in your intuition, it's not right. And we would, in the beginning, try to convince each other because we didn't, there's not really a set question. I mean, financially, as Jill talked about earlier, you got to make sure people are qualified. If you want to get into franchising, it's really tempting to take a $40,000 check and think that that's going to be great, but it goes fast because you have to support, you have to scale, you have to hire people. And so you really, really need to trust your gut. You know, do have a set of questions that you can develop whatever is right for your business. But human nature is everything. It's like your first date where everyone's on their best behavior. But as soon as you get into this business, like the true colors will show and one cancer will spread to the whole community, the whole network. And so it, it really is super important that you franchise with people. We call them PLUs, people like us, which they can obviously look different. You know, and I actually, our mantra was, we celebrate the differences that make us beautiful. So it wasn't about like standardizing, but you had to have a core of values and we called them our actionable eight, which is how we operated and how we presented ourselves within, you know, how we did business. And we wanted the people bringing in to really abide by that code as well. And if they didn't fit that, we would not accept them. But it took us a while to, to develop that. As you were building the business, did you ultimately know that you wanted to sell the business one day, Jillian? No. We didn't go in with a plan for what was the end game. It was really just about growth and growth for us. With this acquisition of our three, it aligned with our our mission completely. And so that was a way to, again, grow. What we got great at at the end was really sitting down personally and objectively looking at what's next for us. And that's something, if we could have done that earlier from day one, Because being an entrepreneur, you really have to align your life with your business. And those two things have to be in sync or there's going to be disruption. That's not good. And one thing that Ari and I did 
as partners is, you know, she's like family to me. We're, we're best friends, we're sisters. And we've come out of this, which is very rare, being that tight and that close. What we got really good at at the end was staying in sync. Like what's going on with you personally? Where are you at? Where are we at? And those things were critical. So even though you may think you're going to sell or not sell in the beginning, I think just as the world of business and entrepreneurship is always changing, so is your life. So you have to kind of always revisit where you are and what's going to be best for you and what's going to be best for your business. Absolutely. That's such great advice that you both just shared. Up next, you'll hear Jillian and Ariana's experience going through the acquisition process and how their partnership has grown throughout the years. I want to dive into the acquisition process even more and hear about what that process actually ended up being like, because I feel like a lot of times things are glamorized, right? Like this company acquired this company and sold for, you know, $100 million. But behind the scenes, there's so much that goes on to actually make that process happen. So Ari, do you want to jump in and share first, you know, what was the experience like of selling the business? And I'm sure you have so many learning lessons to share. So many learning lessons. It doesn't happen overnight. So you're right. You see the headlines and you think that everybody always glamorizes everything. So I would also say like everything you see, it's always puffed up, whether it's somebody's Instagram, their bio, the sell of the company. So just know that and don't do like the fear, like the judging. That's just a side thing I had to say, but know that it's a long process. Know that you shouldn't get tied if you get an LOI because it can fall apart, right? And you don't want to necessarily accept your first LOI. You want to make sure that it's the right thing for your business. And you need to understand it's the right thing for you. Joe and I have always been go, 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 go. And so we thought, okay, we finally found the right partner. And Bar3 is amazing. We are so honored and so happy to partner with them. Sadie, their CEO and co-founder, is a perfect fit for the next generation of who and what we wanted to become. But we had a lot of other people that courted us that we thought maybe would be the perfect fit and it didn't work out. And things happened for a reason, which were great. But then, I mean, Jill, you can talk about what actually happened. It's like we we spent our whole life trying to get to this, right, final accomplishment. It was definitely different than I think emotionally what we thought we were going to step into. Yeah, it was the most emotional experience that I've ever gone through in my life because you're so tied to your business. It's, you know, I have four children at home. This was my first, so really five. And this was the child getting married. It was just really hard. And nobody warned us about that and told us that up until the last day, you're going to feel like there's something holding you. And you're just like, you just want help and, and be told this is okay and all of that good stuff. but you know, you have to go through the cycle of emotion because it is like somebody moving on. It is your baby going off to college or your baby getting married. And those things are hard and you want to hold your baby, (laughs) even though, you know, this is right for your business. This is right for all of your franchisees. This is the right choice. It still doesn't make it easy. But once you do it and you get through the process, you get back to, you know, the heart of why, and it feels so good but just expect to have those ups and downs. When you think this is going to be just an easy ride, it 
after, you know, after the signing or right before the signing. It's not, it's not an easy ride. This was my biggest lesson from the acquisition. I am not the barcode and the barcode is not me. And I really wish I would have known that in the beginning because so much of my identity has been that I started this business and I'm an entrepreneurista and we have this successful business. And it was really hard for my ego to pull that out. That it's like, I am a person, I'm Ariana Chernin outside of the barcode and they can be separate because it starts to really intertwine because you spend so much of your time with your business that it can be really hard to pull apart. Absolutely. And I think so many of us can relate to that. I personally feel that way with, you know, all of the businesses that I'm involved in. There are babies and so part of our identity and then feeling like you're giving that up and passing it on to someone emotionally can just feel so hard. So how did you both get through these emotions and realizing these like, insights that you're sharing now? Because I know the acquisition, this was, it's pretty recent over, over the past year. Yeah, it was in October when we made the announcement. We had each other. I mean, through this whole thing, we've always had each other. That's why I think partnerships are so key, but also can be so detrimental if it's not the right one. But we had each other. And to start this business hand in hand and to leave it hand in hand, and I guess arm in arm because we were hugging a lot, (laughs) is wonderful. And we had our family support. They've seen how much heart and soul and work we've put into this company and that we only want it to continue to grow and to flourish. And this was the way that it was going to do it in the way that it was meant to. So we had each other. I think that this group of entrepreneurs, you all having one another and now us being a part of this, you know, we are here to support any founders that are going through an acquisition just to affirm that the feelings you're having are normal and make them feel like, you know, it's okay to have these crazy emotions that are coming up throughout that process. And having a network like this is so great for people to have another shoulder to lean on, especially those that don't have a partner like Ari and I fortunately did. Oh, absolutely. I I couldn't agree more. Having people to not just bounce ideas off of, but like share. If you get an LOI and you want to get another opinion from someone who's been through it before and what should you be looking at? And did I bring on the right M&A partner to help me through this? It's so important to have people around you that you can trust and advisors and fellow entrepreneurs that can, can help you through it. Ari, how long did the whole process take from start to finish from when you decided, all right, this is the time we're going to think about Did you put the business up for sale or people were approaching you and then you started the process? So the scape of our industry, the fitness industry was growing fast. There was a big player, Exponential Fitness. So if you've ever taken a boutique fitness class, you've taken one of their classes, they have about eight brands. And so we were still independently owned by Jill and I. And so we knew that we needed to scale and scale fast. And so what we wanted to do was to find the right partner. So I would say it took about two years. It took about two years from start to finish to finalize the deal and to make sure that it was the right partner. That was the thing that was most important to us is that our franchisees would be in a good space and we would feel that the legacy would live on. We spent the first year getting to know Sadie Lincoln, the CEO and founder at Bar3, and really emotionally connecting with her, her why and their why and their growth for becoming a wellness company, not just a bar-based fitness concept really aligned with what we wanted for growth and how we know that our franchises would be fully supported and continue their own individual growth. 
So that first year was really about getting to know one another and courting each other for also them to know that we were right fit for birth three's growth. Did you work with an M&A advisor during that process? We had a, a team internally that we had outsourced a lot of our back office and they had a team of somebody who specifically focused on M&A. That was his job. So we were really fortunate because we were able to take it in-house because we had this back office support. So that was extremely helpful. So anybody who is looking to do that, absolutely, you want to hire somebody or work with somebody that knows what they're doing. How much time did it take away from you focusing on working in the business and growing the business during the process of going through the acquisition process? I would say the last year, we were both focused on it a very, very lot. It was not only just the actual acquisition, but then also how communication, planning, you know, all of the things that go with it. There's so much. It's like, it's a lot of time, especially the last six months, I would say. Coming up, get ready to hear what the future holds for both Jillian and Ariana and their biggest business secrets. So I'd love to hear now that you're through the process on the other side, been through so much together, what are you both focused on together now? Inner Light Events has been born through the change with our personal lives. You know, as we were CEOs of our business, we always did keynote speaking. And one of the things that we started to notice in different companies and corporations, and especially in the world of entrepreneurship, is that we can deliver a great experiential opportunity for businesses and companies to energize their people. But we saw this missing gap because we are performers. So obviously we started our business teaching studios, in studios, motivating clients. So we're performers, we're entrepreneurs that built companies, and we're also wellness experts. And in order for individuals, whether you're at a business or you're an entrepreneur, they need tools to align their energy and bring themselves into a space where they can make decisions from a place of whole, not when they're in fight or flight. And so, you know, our passions outside of just physical fitness has really evolved into breathwork, meditation, visualization, all of the things that we have done ourselves to get through these 14 years. And we want to, what we've done is package those up so that we can deliver those to a larger audience to help motivate and align businesses and companies at the individual level from the top down that they can come into the space and truly create from a place of whole. That is so exciting. And I know I've watched some of the videos now that you've done at these events and it looks absolutely incredible. And like you said, being able to do that breath work and connect and really focus on yourself. You can't run a business if you're not taking care of yourself too. And I love that the two of you are so focused on helping other women now. Yes. Well, that's key, especially being an entrepreneur. If you make a decision when you're in that fight or flight mode and you're not coming from a place of groundness and connecting to the intuition, the, the gift that we do have, you know, that gut that you can't replace with what the paper says, you know, we really have to come back to that space and you have to be in an alignment to make right choices for your business. And you will see it. And we had a one rule early before we had all these tools at our 
in our belt when we first started out where we had to wait 24 hours to make a choice because sometimes in the heat with the emotion, you have to let it ride, you get it reset, realign before you re-engage. And, you know, through that process, we've come packaged multiple ways that entrepreneurs can come back to that, that feeling of alignment and make a choice from there. That's such great advice. Not making big decisions in the heat of the moment and always giving yourself a chance to calm down, reset, and make sure that it makes sense the next morning. So Courtney and I, uh, Courtney and I do that as well. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Ari, tell me about your best advice that you can share for our entrepreneurs who also have a co-founder and how you have made your relationship work over the years. Honestly, it's my biggest accomplishment that I can walk out of this after 14 years and say that this woman here is my best friend and my soulmate. You go through so much and we've heard such horror stories, Jill, of people just falling apart. I mean, we went through COVID together where our business was at its highest peak. And then a week later, everything was shut down for God knows how long. And by the way, we had just had babies. So we had two-week-old babies together at the same time. So things could really go wrong then, right? But I would say if you treat it like I cared more about Jill than the business, which is really crazy to think about. So if somebody said Jill or the success of the business, like I'd pick Jill. And so (laughs) you can see we're getting teary eyed, but it's, you know, you got to, then everything rises, right? When, when the relationship is good and the energy is good, your community and your culture is good and it's not toxic. Nobody wants to have mom and dad fighting right in the business. And so we, we all, we both had our lanes, right? And we had things and we've gotten into tips. One thing I would say in the very beginning, no matter what happened, even if someone's house is burning down, we say, how are you doing? What did you do this weekend? We don't just get into it. We don't just get into it because we, we did that a couple of times and it just, that was probably our biggest fight, Jill. And then we, it totally changed. And we were so happy because we actually truly cared for the other person. So it's like an 80, 20 rule. It's number 50, 50. And if you keep a tip for tat, then you're going to just combust, right? So if Jill's having a bad week, she's like, I'm at a 15%. No worries. I'm at 85 this week. Let's go, baby. You don't do a 50-50. And so when you kind of ebb and flow because there's so many seasons in life, then you're just going to ride out the storm. It was really a beautiful partnership and still is. Who would say that they want to do a business after 14 years? <laughs> You're like, on to the next business. Uh, <laughs> like, are you still going to partner with that girl, Joe? I'm like, yep. I know. We won't stop. We're in this life together. We're going to be like 85, like building something. It's so fun. Jill, anything you want to add? I mean, I, how do I go after that? I mean, it's so true. It was the, the best thing is the relationship that I've created with Ari and how we've grown together and how our desires for just helping people continue to evolve and not only for ourselves, our family, for the business, but for what's next. And and that's next season is to, again, inspire and bring wellness to other individuals that are trying to, you know, navigate entrepreneurship life and all the ups and downs that it throws at us. It's a, it's a beautiful journey. And And we've had the fortunate opportunity to lead this company and now, you know, be on stage to inspire others. And it's exciting. Love it. Well, I'm going to ask each of you this. I want to know what your biggest business secret is. Jill, I'll start with you. My biggest business secret is to stay aligned, to not make decisions when you're in a bad mood. So 
it really is about connecting to yourself and understanding where you're at. So sometimes I don't even, I, you know, if, if you're in a bad mood, which we all have bad moods, it's not a time to create. So watch what you're working on when the energy's off because energy is everything. One of my favorite quotes is, is that everything is energy and energy is everything. And we are going to have those ups and downs. There are going to be stressful moments. So when you're not feeling it, don't do it. I know there's some things that you're going to have to just push through, but when they're big and they matter, you need to come back and ground yourselves and uh, align your energy and then move forward. And also visualize what you want rather than fear what you don't. So the power of presence is really what it's all about. You know, we don't make decisions based on fearing what we've done or things that have happened in the past. And we also don't make decisions about fearing what we're looking for in the future. We make decisions what feels right in the present now. And so finding that present moment is really going to help you start to see those serendipities and the alignments that the universe will show you when you are taking steps from a place of heart. Love that. Ari, how about you? My answer is not very sexy, but I'm going to say it because I think it's really true is it's about execution and day in and day out grind. And as entrepreneurs, it's really easy to get overwhelmed, especially when you're first starting because there's so many things to do. And so whatever your secret sauce is for us, it was building community. And that doesn't happen overnight. You know, it's like the compounding effect. If anyone's ever heard that it's invisible progress that over time, every day you put it in and then you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, this community is not Jill and Ari anymore. We have all of these women who are basically building our business because they love the barcode and it just happened. And so we really focused in on that and the execution and whatever that was. And if you think about it, somebody, I heard this somewhere, I thought this was so funny is that Coca-Cola, it's like the most successful business, right? In the world, the recipe is on the bottle. So it's not, you don't need, you know, some novel thing or product or service. Like if you just execute, anybody could have a Coca-Cola product, right? But it's about how they execute it. And so I think that that's really important and to really focus in on what you do best and whatever your secret sauce is that you need to deliver. The rest you can outsource and figure out. Such great advice from both of you. My final question, what does being an entrepreneurista mean to both of you? Ari, I'll start with you first this time. It means that you just do it. That's another, that's my favorite quote. Just do it from Nike. It's so easy to not. And I would say if you are a true entrepreneurista, and if you have this flicker or this flame that you were put on this earth to do something more, I don't care if you're making $50,000 or $500,000 in a salary. If you are not fulfilled, then you have to take a chance because I live by the motto that regret is so much worse than failure. It's so true. I have to show you. It's right here. Oh, hold on. This is my, uh, what I say all the time. We put it on a mug too. Just get started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just got to do it. Yep. You'll never know if you don't try. So I'm with you. Jillian, how about you? Don't let fear stop you from doing it. So I think that's the biggest thing, especially women. It's oh, you always think someone has something more is smarter, prettier, has more of this, has more of that. It's like, don't look at anybody else, but do it for yourself and just don't ever look back. Just keep moving forward and staying present and taking steps towards what makes your light shine. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I have loved having this conversation with the two of you. 
We're going to have more conversations to be continued. So thank you so much for spending the afternoon and sharing your story and journey. It is so inspirational and so many learning lessons that you've shared from your 14 plus years in business that are going to help so many entrepreneurs in their journey now. So thank you. Thank you. Where can everyone find you and follow you and those that might be interested in working with you or booking you for speaking, where should they head over to? And we'll link out to everything in the show notes below so everyone can find you easily by a quick tap. You can follow me, Ari, at Ariana Chernin at Instagram. And then we have our website, Interlight Events. So definitely check it out. We are officially launching in February. So we got a lot of stuff going on. So check us out there. And I'm at Jillian Lorenz on Instagram as well. So we look forward to connecting. And if there's anything we can help you out with in the entrepreneurista community, uh, we're available. Amazing. Jillian, Ari, thank you again so much for being here. I'm Stephanie, and this is the best business meeting I've ever had. Hey, thanks for listening and leaving us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it. And we'd love to stay in touch with each of you. You can listen to all of our latest episodes at entrepreneurista.com and connect with us on Instagram at entrepreneurista's. We'd also love to invite you to join the Entrepreneurista League our private membership community for trailblazing women. You can head over to entrepreneurista.com forward slash the league. We'll see you there. Wishing you a productive week ahead. Mm-hmm.